Um, so this week's Workplace of the Week, I've come over to Congleton and I'm talking to, I take it your name is actually Paul Austin, is it that is, right? that is my actual name, yes. <laughs> uh, and you're an accountant, yeah? I am, yes, chartered uh, accountant. So you've got a team of accountants that work here in Congleton uh, and there's, there's another office of yours down in Stoke Hundred, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But a little bit of history from Paul Austin. Where are you from? Where did it all start for you? Yeah, I started getting interested in uh, accounting when I did uh, A-level economics, really. And then um, I went from there to uh, do an accounting and finance degree in Manchester. Uh, and then I got a contract uh, with KPMG in Stoke-on-Trent, a training contract. I was there for three years before they sold that practice, and I got moved to KPMG in Manchester. And I was there for about another four years. Um, and then I just decided I'd had enough of the sort of corporate life, really, and, and wanted to, to branch out on my own. And, and the driver behind that was just um, uh, just wanting to help small businesses, really, and wanting to make more of a difference. Obviously, at KPMG, the clients were very big, PLCs, and you felt that, you know, if you save them a few million pounds, nobody was bothered, really. <laughs> so, so where did the love of numbers, as it were, come from? That was that all stemmed in, in from A-level, really, like A-level economics and... Um, and, and, and these days it's moving, it's almost moving away from numbers driven, it's almost more like a, uh, a, a legal job in some respects, um, but um, you know there's still a, a heavy focus on compliance and obviously the numbers have to be right, um, so it's, it's just, um, it's interesting for, to see the numbers and the way they interact with the different rules and regulations and things and, and what you can do for small businesses really is the, is the driver from our point of view. You wanted to be an accountant from a very early age, then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the Congleton branch, and uh, do you just do Congleton area, or do you branch out and do a little bit more of Cheshire, as it were? Yeah, we do. We cover quite a lot of Cheshire. Our clients are focused around Congleton because that's where the office is based. But um, you know, we've got clients in Macclesfield, Manchester, Northwich, Crewe, right out to North Wales, Chester. Um, and, and as far south as kind of Reading and, and around the London area, um, but really centred around Congleton, yeah. So what's the big plan for Paul Austin Associates? Are you, uh, you going to stay in Congleton and the one in Stoke, or are you going to branch out and do, um, you know, take on a few more around the area? Yeah, it's really, we did, we did the acquisition in, in Stoke um, about a year ago, and that's, that's gone really well. Um, we're looking to grow that, that practice, so we're looking to grow the two areas in, in Stoke-on-Trent and Congleton. Um, and you know we have been looking at an office in Macclesfield as well, and and that might be driven by you know a relevant uh, sort of acquisition if we can find the right the right one or the right fit. To so, expand. So was that the big plan all along for for your brand to 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 grow, or did you ever think I've got one now? You know uh, I'm in Congleton. I just want to stay safe and just relax. When it, when, it, when I first started, I, I wasn't um, I wasn't sure really whether I was going to grow into a bigger practice or, or just stay as a sole practitioner. Um, but I always set up the systems, you know, that we were using in, in the practice to be able to, to grow it just in case sort of thing. And, and in a way, it's a good job I did because <laughs> cause we have, it's gone in that direction. So, so it's, it's worked out well, yeah. Uh, so, what kind of people do you look after then as an accountant? So, so they're all self-employed people, I take it, or do you, or do you deal with big companies, big bigger brands? Yeah, we do. We do some bigger companies. We do a whole range, really. So, we're general practitioners. We work from literally a kind of you know self-employed window cleaner right up to a two, three, four million pound company. Um, so, so there are some some big businesses in there, you know, and obviously the demands of those are, are different, sort of thing, quite quite wide ranging. 
Um, but fundamentally, you know, we can make quite a big difference to, to that size of business, you know, that whole range. So how have things changed in the accounting world, or, or can I say the tax world, since you started? Has it changed dramatically? Yeah, there's been a, there's been a huge change, really, particularly in the last sort of five years. There's a lot more um, regulation, really. That You know, you've obviously recent things, the GDPR, uh, data protection regulation, and um, you've got workplace pensions, auto-enrolment that's come in. And prior to that, you had RTI, which is like the monthly payroll submissions. Um, so all these are new things that have come in, you know, since we've been in the industry. Um, many of them driven by HMRC, obviously, in the way they, they operate and the way they want the data. Um, and, and going forward, we've got making tax digital um, just around the corner, making, making that digital, the VAT element of that. Um, and that's really driving the technology, you know, forwards, really. The, the technology was already in the industry, I would say, but it's, it's moving it forwards at a, a faster pace. That was going to be my next question about the, the future of tax and accounting. Um, apparently you've got to download an app and you've got to, it's all going to be, there's no more of those, you know those red books that you used to have? That's you right, to write yeah. everything yeah. in and out. Well, believe, believe it or not, some people still use the red books, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, uh, there, there is a, you know, a, big, a big push towards a, a more sort of digital era, really, um, and, and it is you know, computer-driven and, and app-driven and... Um, you know, some some parts of our client base do do struggle with that. You know, whether you've got a sort of a slow internet connection or, or you're of a different generation that doesn't use uh, you know computers quite so much. Um, so we have to be, have a quite broad range of skills to, to help those people, but also you know uh, bring bring other people onto the digital platforms. Is it a good move uh, to go digital or, or? I think I think. Uh, from an individual's point of view, obviously it's becoming it's sort of compulsory, really, at the moment. From from HMRC is how is where it's coming from, which is, um, you know, a lot of people say that's the wrong way wrong way to drive it. Really, it should be voluntary. Um, but um, I think it can bring benefits. I mean, for example, our own practice bookkeeping is on a fully digital system that's now fully automated. So we're saving probably a day a week in a bookkeeper's time. You know, because the the invoices get recognised automatically, automatically posted and matched onto a system, and then we get weekly reports. You know, that are automatically sent to us. I'll tell you how I work then, because I'm a, a self-employed radio presenter. Yeah. Um, so I do my books yearly. Yeah. Um, and then I will email my ins and outs to my accountant, yeah. who is down in the Gloucestershire area. Yeah. Then he will do whatever he's got to do, and then yeah. he will let me know what kind of tax I've got to pay and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Will that still happen, or will it all be done on like an at, app? Or? At, at the moment, that's that's still staying the same, right. um, but it is due to change come April 2020, although that, that deadline still might move. Um, but uh, the idea is that uh, people like yourself would do quarterly submissions of the, of the ins and outs, if you like, um, so that you know your tax position as you go through the year. And, and there's, in, in effect, no end-of-year tax return, is how HMRC were, were, were badging it initially. Um, I think the reality is probably you're going to end up doing four quarters and then a final submission. So actually it's going to be like five tax returns. So you'll be, so you'll be paying not one lump sum at the end of the year, your tax year, your individual tax year, you'll be paying a bit through the year does that make well, it? ultimately yeah the idea is for is for probably to relate to payments on account but initially hmrc has said the payment deadlines would stay the same um but uh, just the the digital submissions is is what's going to change so it will become you know it might be in the future that you have an app where you log all your ins and outs and then and then that automatically goes to your accountant and then they can do the submission for you
with this new system that's going to come in, you can't really hide anywhere. Or is it still the case where the tax man is watching everything? Watching. I heard, I heard some horror stories where the tax man would be looking at people's social media to see where they're earning an extra couple of quid here and there. Are them horror stories true or not? That, I think that's generally true, yeah. The, the you know HMRC are much better these days at managing managing the data that they get and they've got much uh, better access to, to more data than they've ever had before. Um, and I think that you know, one of the uh, sort of drivers from their side for making tax digital is ultimately to be able to analyse every single transaction that's happening in a business right down to sort of invoice level um you know for every business because they can do it electronically and uh, then analyzing the entire population rather than trying to pick out uh, things at, at random or anything like that and and, th and they have something they have this a system called uh, connect um which they've had for a few years now that has lots of data feeding into it from land registry dvla so they'll know, for example, if you're living in a big house, driving a big car, and earning a thousand pounds a year, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't stack up, you know. So they will use that data to to target tax inquiries and things. For example, somebody who might um, only earn a few hundred pound a week, um, but they're going on like an abroad holiday three times a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would they get that information from somewhere? Would they yeah, go? Hang on, yeah. he's going away every month. Yeah, they can get a lot of like flight data. They use they use all flight data quite often wow. in um, like residency when they're looking at whether you're resident abroad or in the UK, and it can depend how many days you know you're spending in different countries. Um, they'll use the flight data to see when you've come in and gone out of the country, and we've seen instances where they've actually presented that in a, in a letter, like they've got the details of the flights and when wow. when they've come in and out of the country. So you know they've they've got access to a lot of data. So, you know, there isn't anywhere to hide, really. <laughs> it's, it's becoming increasingly important that, you know, you're sort of on top of your, your compliance, really. And, and, and to be fair, the compliance side is probably getting harder and harder to, to comply with, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, are HMRC still looking at the bigger companies, see what they're doing, so they're going to ignore, for example, the window cleaner, the car cleaner down the road? Because they're not big fish, are they? They're not going to owe thousands upon thousands of well I, there's there's something called the tax gap which is uh, you know the government's analysis of, of what tax is missing if you like from the system through tax evasion or tax avoidance um, and they think that a significant proportion of that tax gap is down to small businesses um, often that's through like errors that you know people aren't aware that they're, they're making sort of thing uh, sometimes it can be through tax evasion um, but generally, the bigger businesses, although they may uh, have or utilise, you know, sort of international avoidance schemes, they are legally compliant because they have lawyers implementing the schemes. Um, so whilst they may change legislation to try and combat, combat that going forward, there is a real focus on small businesses to try and reduce the tax gap. Um, and they do think that, you know, <laughs> small businesses are uh, sort of underpaying tax in some situations. So. so, Paul, if people want to know more about going digital or know more about if they're trying to set out on their own um, and they need an accountant for whatever reason, how can they contact you? I mean, the best way is take a, take a look to our, at our website. It's paulaustin.co.uk. Um, you can get an online estimate there, um, and our contact details are, are on there. We can arrange an obligation meeting to chat through what your requirements are, if we can help you, or, or we can point you in the right direction if we, if we can't help you. This is a personal story from me. I have this uh, 
email that keeps coming towards me saying that the the tax man or HMRC owe me money uh, and it asks me to click on the link and all that kind of stuff now can we just clarify if anybody gets an email don't open it is that don't, right don't open it yeah there, there has been a huge HMRC have just recently reported there's been a huge increase in in sort of spam emails or phishing emails um, trying to get you obviously to click on the link um, generally HMRC will still write to you so it'll be a paper letter. So there'll be a paper, yeah. or, or it'll be on your online tax account, so you should log in separately to your online, your online tax account. But it won't account. come through to your, for example, Hotmail account or whatever it's, email account? It would not come through to your email account, no. Right. So. So, so where are they coming from then? Do you know what's the, all that all about? I, I, it's just it's just spam and, and right. uh, you know, I suppose these international groups that are uh, <laughs> sending out these kind of things. All oh, right, so... You've heard it there first, off an account. If you get an email letter, if you get an email saying the, the tax man owes you money, don't open it. <laughs> <laughs> so Gina, how long have you been here at Paul Austin Associates? I've been here about eight years. Eight years? Yeah. So have you always been in the numbers game or? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much, yeah, yeah. So was that an early thing that you wanted to do when you were at school? Or? Um, it was after school, really. Right. After school, I kind of thought, wanted to do a little bit more. So went to college, did AAT in my own time. What's, what's that, sorry, AAT? AAT, it's a Association of Accounting Technicians. Um, so I did that, did a couple of years of that. Um, then just, just generally worked in accountancy practices. Then I had my own business. Um, and what was that? It was bookkeeping, oh, right. accounts. Um, we also did training. So did that for... Gosh, it was a number of years, uh, 10 years. So what made you stop your own business and then come and work for um, a company or a brand, as it were? Um, it was children, um, fitting in with home. Um, did quite a bit of work with Paul whilst I was working for myself. Um, and just kind of got the job here, offered the job here and stayed. Fantastic. So, so what do you do here then at Paul Austin? So I'm the practice manager. So I'm client-facing, um, telephone, face-to-face, -face, meet new clients. When they come on board, I will introduce myself, um, kind of put my arm around them a little bit, take them through the processes, um, explain what we do, why we do it. Um, just a general point of contact for people. Uh, make them feel comfortable, welcome. Kind of explain things in a in a normal voice, you know, instead of accountancy terms, because quite a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, and that could be quite scary when you hear big words I and think fancy so. phrases. And I think so. I think just make it as easy as possible, explain things. Easily. In layman's terms, yeah. you know, in, yeah. a, in a language that, uh, you know, the bloke down the street will understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do actually um, here other than, you know, look after people? Okay. So we have obviously a number of things that we need to do. So I generally manage the deadlines. So we have self-assessment, VAT, corporation tax. Everybody has a deadline. Everyone is a different month end. So I will keep control of that, look at that, see what needs to come in, help with phoning round, get the information in. The VAT, do the VAT for clients something every month, so is a deadline, very busy. So if somebody's wondering if they need to be VAT registered, mm -hmm. um, what's that threshold nowadays? Uh, you know, 
how much do you need to earn before you suddenly become a, you know a VAT company or a VAT the VAT threshold is eighty five thousand a year a year right. a rolling year so you always have to keep your eye on that make sure that that so can people one year be VAT registered and then have say a bad year and yep. they're not VAT registered because they've not earned enough yeah. So you can it's possible. drop in and out. Oh, right. Possible, okay. yeah. But it has to be a rolling year, so you have to keep an eye on the turnover. Um, Deregister once that turnover has dropped for for the whole of the year of that rolling year, then you can deregister. Right. And does it cost money to to become that registered? Does it? You know, you have to like pay like a. Uh, I'm using terms that you probably. Uh, like a subscription or a, or, or a membership fee, so to speak? No, in terms of fees, it would, it would be just our fees right, for okay. registering and so on. So you don't have to pay a bit extra because you're that registered? No, then? no. no right. The other part of my role is to really get to know the clients, get to know their business, what they do in their everyday work, so that when they're ringing up and speaking to us, we kind of know what they're going to ask or what they're going to focus on. When people ring up and we know them, they feel comfortable with that. We know their business. We're, we're looking after them. How do you, how do you uh, react or respond to somebody who, who, when they send you their numbers, their, their earnings and outgoings, yeah, yeah. And, and you look at it and you go, that's not right. That's the, they're trying to avoid tax here. How do you, how do you approach that? Because they're a client of yours. Yeah, yeah. So, supposedly you have to treat it with you know soft gloves I suppose or... we do obviously if we notice anything we have to speak to them about that and we're quite direct we will just ask the question if we think or know that anything is untoward then we have to report them oh right okay yeah. so it's very strict then very strict so you don't very strict. So you don't put an arm around them and go well you're not allowed to do that because this is what's going to happen no no it, right. i mean if if for instance they didn't know that they mm. were doing something wrong so long as we can put that right we will do mm -hmm. um but then if they continue to if they continue yeah, yeah. to do it then yes we, we do we have to report them uh what's your name my name's sarah i like the pepsi max that you you're guzzling there i don't drink tea or coffee or milk oh, don't you no you're always on like pop and yeah. water. Yeah. Well, diet Pepsi Max. Yeah, not good, is it? <laughs> it's winter. You need a hot drink inside. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never met anyone that doesn't like a hot drink. Yeah, me. So I'm very unique. <laughs> yeah. Have you always been like that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Did you have a bad time with a hot drink at school? No, my, no. Mum and Dad have always oh. brought me and my brother up with you know trying us on tea and milk, yeah. and it's just my brother's the same, but he drinks water. Oh, right. Yeah. Wow. Right, we should be talking about what you do here. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do here? Um, I do the office admin and I do payrolls and I take um, everything from the post that comes through the door. I do all the meeting and greeting and all the phone calls come directly to me and then I transfer to whoever I think is required. Right, so you're the first port of contact. So if I was ringing uh, Paul or Gina for, for whatever reason, yes. it would be you I speak to first. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, obviously, you're going to deal with the uh, irate, um, you know, short-tempered people who e need to speak to somebody there and there. Yeah, yeah, that right. does happen. Not very yeah. often, but right. it can happen. Um, we, we get a lot of calls from utility people, and they're more irate, to be honest, than clients. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Um, but if we get um, a client on that's got a bit of an issue and a little bit irate, just try and calm them down, speak to them, and say, yeah. what, what's the issue? And then I transfer it to who I think is relevant to 
help them really. Uh, do, do you do you ever get calls um, that are worrying calls, like they're terrified? Yes. Of you, like they've yes. received, for example, I've received recently an email yes. from HMRC saying yes. they owe me money. Not opened it because you've heard of all the horror stories. Yeah. Um, but you know, you'll be dealing with the worry people as well. Yeah, I just speak to them and just say. Um, it, it is a hoax. Don't please don't open it. Obviously, Paul's done your tax information, so you know yourself that you're not due a refund, mm. or you know what your tax bill is. So, just delete it and please, you know, try not to worry because there's nothing. You don't owe anything. Or a lot of people panic if they get a letter in the morning and it's from HMRC. They panic and they phone us up. But I think because I'm so used to dealing with all the posts and everything, for me. I will break it down and say, right, what tax is it regarding? And, and then I know what, 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 you know, how best to advise them really and pass them on to Paul or Gina. So how long have you been here for then? Um, roughly six years. Six years, so where were you before here then? Um, I was a company in Macclesfield called Ramparts Interior Contracts. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and the CIS industry basically collapsed. So unfortunately they had to make was all redundant and at the time I was five months pregnant with my son so it did work out quite well for me so I took the nine months off and then I came back to work part-time so I did a couple of days for Paul a couple of days for a company in Stoke and then eventually the, com the company in Stoke had become too much with the hours I had to start at seven and I've got a newborn child so I kind of put my notice in and then a week later I started with Paul for four days a week. Wow fantastic so, so yeah. how's life in Congleton for you then? Well I actually live in Biddulph, to be you honest. You live in Biddulph? Yes. You're a Staffordshire girl then? Well, I'm from Congleton, but yeah. my husband is from Brownlees. Yeah. So when I met him, we lived in Harrisy Head, and then we moved to Biddulph, um, but near the Congleton side. So we're in between both families, you see. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's good. Fantastic. It's good.